What up? Welcome to the DFOD, episode 5, Xenon. I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm your host, Mary. Mary, we have listeners now. Crazy. Like, people who listen to us talk about DCOMs. That, like, aren't our mom. That's true. Some of those listeners, some of those listeners, I don't even know who you are. You should write me at the email or tweet at us to tell us who you are. Or not, because you're a podcast listener and that'd be weird. Or you could ask us questions. You could ask us questions. We had an excellent listener question on last episode. But we just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Yeah, genuinely, it's crazy. I mean, we made this because we just wanted to project our thoughts out there. Oh, but it's cool. And it's an excuse to hang out together. Yeah, you know. But like, we will admit this endeavor is largely for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it's like we thought about just doing it anyways, and then we're like, what if we like record it? For the masses. <laughs> That's right, for you, the masses. Um, but no, it's genuinely, it's so cool that, like, there's people that, like, I'm trying not to think about it, actually, because the fact there's, like, people out there. Who, We're like, going to hear what you're saying is kind of, uh... Crazy, and, like, I don't know them. Sure. It's, like, ill. <laughs> but, like, I'm not <laughs> thinking about that. Okay. So it's what they're here... It's nice we have success. Sure. So what they're here to listen to us talk about this week is Xenon. Another classic decom. Girl of the 21st century. That's right. She is a girl of the 21st century. Mary, what do you know about the film Xenon? Well, I know it's about a girl named Xenon. Okay, that's true. Girl of the 21st century. I can confirm all of this. She seems to be a blonde girl. Okay. She's in space. She has spacey clothes I use with air quotes. Sure. AKA, like, bright and silvery. Future fashion. Yeah. Her best friend, I think, is Raven Simone. Okay. Um, there's that one song. There is. There's an iconic song. Um, which I've heard. I haven't seen the movie. I have heard that song, though, because you played it for me once, because I oh, okay. that song. Yeah. Well, probably because I was disappointed in you, and then we had to make a podcast to fix how you hadn't seen the correct decoms. <laughs> um, but, and then there's, like, a rock star character who sings the song. That's true. So I'm assuming he's, like, in the plot. Probably our two girls like him. As far as... Plot go. Sure. Oh, also she says Zetus Lapidus. Yes. <laughs> I know that Zetus as well. Lapidus. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, as far as plot goes, um, kind of drawing a blank. Okay. I don't know the plot. I know she's in space, um, and I feel like problems can arise from that. So, on each episode... As you talk, discuss what you know about the film, I show you the movie poster. This movie poster is going to reveal nothing about the plot. I can tell you that. Okay. And boom. Yeah, that's, I've seen that movie poster before. They seem to be in Space Station with uh, spacey clothes, and that is Raven Simone. Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's a blonde girl in Raven Simone, and it says Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. So The tagline is, she's one galactic girl who saves the day in a stellar way. That's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> This is a good I film. mean, but what I'm saying is I was right. <laughs> That's true. Everything you said was fairly accurate. Now, I love Xenon. Xenon's one of the iconic decoms to me. Like it's Yeah, I mean, I, I had heard of it before I like knew anything about it. And then even though I like don't know the plot or whatever, I like I still knew about it. Right. I will say this. I'm gonna go ahead and, and be honest with you and all our listeners. Of the like beloved decoms, especially the ones I love. You know, we constantly have this fear, what if it's bad, though? You have that for Xenon? If one of the ones that people love and think are cool 
is bad, Xeon's like a high chance of being that one. You know, like we kind of felt like we knew Halloween Town was alright. Yeah. Because Xena... people rewatch it like in their 20s anyways, and they're like, oh, classic. Right. And like Xenon is very, like, it was very of its time, and not in like, because it's projecting forward. It's it's not like Brink, right? Brink is just a movie about the that 90s. time, and it feels very 90s, but the 90s are still the 90s even today. But this was a film looking forward from the 90s. And also, there are things in the film that we're supposed to think are cool, right? Like, Do you think the sex will be cheap? Oh, I hadn't even thought about sex, but yeah. Because <laughs> it's uh, like a sci-fi film, you know? It's mostly not that, though, from okay. what I remember. It's a, it's like a character drama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that all I know is there in space. <laughs> So I'm like sci-fi probably, and that usually requires some sort of that. Yeah, so I just wanted to level with you that I have a little worry. I think Xenon will be great. I think they'll still, like, the things that I remember loving, I will still love. But there could be some, like, That's like, I don't think it's going to be, like, worse than Under Wraps or anything. I just okay. think it could be more on that level. Like, I okay. like Under Wraps, but, like, Under Wraps was not, like, it, it didn't like, elevate the way, like, Halloween Town did. And Xenon's supposed to be on that Halloween Town level, and I'm just worried it's going to be more kind of a... What do you think you're going to get out of time? Oh. I mean, ignore all of that. It's like a 9 or a 9.5. Okay. Like, is that what you're going to give it? And what do you think it's, like, actually going to be? Maybe, like, I'm going to give it a 9.5 and it's actually a 9. Okay. <laughs> I think I might give it, like, an 8 out of 10. Okay. Interesting. But, like, maybe it'll win me over more than that. I mean, 8 out of 10 is really good. Sure. I, mean, I just know back in the day, this was some people's favorite decom. Like, more over Halloween time. Because they're yeah. of a piece. Some people were like, no, no, no I'm a Xenon person. And though it hasn't carried through the culture, obviously, in the same way. Which does make me worry. That's part of the reason I'm worried, right? Like, Halloween Town, we talked about I this mean, last they week. they both got three sequels. That's true. Well, actually, Halloween They Town both got, got three sequels. sequels. No, 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 you were right the first time. They both got I could, two sequels, two, three movies. Yeah. That's exactly how those both went. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also knew it's called Xenon the Sequel. That's something else. That's an incredible name. It is. I feel like, like the sequel just does all the work. Like, yeah. that film's gonna get, like... It's like Alvin Chipmunk's The Squeakle, and it's like, I get it, a lot of people didn't love that film, no, which makes no, sense. that was bad. And I haven't off. seen it since I was a child, they but, like, you have sequel. to respect the name. I don't, because they ripped off the sequel. Squeakle! They ripped off sequel. They ripped off sequel. How good is that? <laughs> okay, so we're gonna take ourselves back in time to January of 1999, when The Sopranos had recently premiered on HBO. I didn't know it was that old of a show. Yeah. And she's all that had just opened in theaters. She's all that. I like that movie a lot. I was quoting from it. The well, the rap where the rapper friend like recounts the plot, but through rap. Okay, maybe that movie's not good. <laughs> um, uh, I remember somebody said that I liked that movie. I don't know if I like that movie. And more importantly, "Hit Me Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears was a uh, chart topper. As it should be. But that's uh, a great song. It is. I'm, I hope that plays in the movie. Okay. Well, so we're gonna take a break now and watch Xenon, which is available streaming on Disney Plus if you haven't already watched it along with us. And we'll be back after a quick break. We out. We back. <laughs> we back. What a movie. Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> that song's a jam, though. Make my heart go boom, boom, boom. Yes, that song's an absolute jam. Not super, no, no but girl. girl. Okay, very. Big picture. 
galaxy-wide picture. Galaxy your, brain. That's right, galaxy brain, xenon galaxy mode. What is your big picture thoughts on xenon? I it's a real grower. Okay, yeah, you were you were not in on the first time. I here. really liked it. It made me feel like I should have given Brink a higher review. Okay. Because I feel like <laughs> not to die on another review, but like the more I look back on Brink, the more I remember like the good. Sure. So I feel like I should have given it like an eight out of ten, maybe. That's fair. I mean, I gave it a nine five, okay. which I stand by. But like, I realized I went nine five on Brink and ten on Halloween Town. I'm really pushing the top end of the scale. Yeah, that's one of those things where you look back and you're like, so I you kind of want to compare it to how you give others. Um, and I felt very similar to this. I think I like Xenon more though. Okay. Which was not my feeling at the beginning. I was like, man, I was really harsh on Brink because like I don't know what to give this. Um. Because I didn't like a lot of the scenes in space. Right, but you were all in on Earth. Yeah. See, they talk bad. The dialogue. <laughs> right, so this movie uses a conceit where there's lots of, uh, I guess we'll call it like space talk, like, like space lingo. Yeah, new future lingo, 2049 lingo. Uh, and it didn't work slang. for you. Yeah. There's even Earth slang, though, that was also not like. Perfect. Yeah, but it wasn't but they didn't heavy-handed. use it that much. Yeah. So you were saying the. Playing was lame major. Yeah. It's real bad when you say it out loud. Yeah, I can see why that wasn't the big catchphrase. I'm going to use that in the future minor. Look <laughs> <laughs> at you, picking up on the terms. That's right. Um, but yeah, that was really off-putting, I guess. At the beginning, that, the dialogue was a little... Yeah, and then they, like, Xenon's, like, a troublemaker, and I don't know. It just didn't work for me, <laughs> like, the beginning. Sure. But then when she got, like, out of space, the second we are on the ground, infinitely better picture. You've expressed before that you're into DCOMs for the kids interacting with kids. And to be honest, while Xenon has her friends in space, more she has almost as many interactions with her parents and Plank, Commander Plank. Yeah. Well, when she gets to Earth... She's basically doing kitchen shenanigans, or her aunt, who's basically like a window character. It's more the thing that you come to DCOMs for. Yeah, I mean, that definitely helps. The only problem is I thought the main character was, like, really unthreatening. Like, Margie? aggressively so. Yeah, this is, she's a character with no teeth. Yeah. And it's like, DCOM mean girls are never, like, that good. Like, the most is they'll be, like, mean. Right. Um, but you can't call them, like, a bitch. <laughs> so it's like, they can't really be <laughs> I mean, that... Right. Um, but, like, at least they usually have some thing. Uh, Margie was kind of just, you just be like, I might tell them that the girl is on Earth and not there, but, like, then, because they bring her since clearly right. he's able to do that. Also, her big problem with Xenon was that Xenon and Greg formed an immediate connection at a, looking at each other at a fast food place. Hide a romance. Um. Greg's one move. Staring. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, his only face. Um, but Margie didn't like this because she wanted to date Greg. And then he's basically like, at some point in the movie, like, I literally was never interested in you. Even if you wasn't here, I wouldn't date you. I don't like you. He crushes her. And she's like, It's a diss major. <laughs> it really is. But it's like, he was clearly not interested in her. So she poses no threat to the plot. And she doesn't add to the plot. Like, Right. At all. The movie even acknowledges this about Margie. Like, Xenon basically at several times is just like, Margie, I can't with you. Yeah. And then she just walks away because Margie is actually, like, not, there's nothing, there's no actual threat there. 
Like, the way Brink can never do that because Dao has actual power over Brink <laughs> in a his very super villainy way. way yeah. Margie has no power over Xenon. And Xenon barely cares about Margie. She only cares about Margie because she's literally hanging around all the people that Xenon actually needs to hang out with. Yeah. Her hacker buds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's run through the movie real quick. So, we've already talked about this. Xenon starts on a space station. Put a pin in hacker buds. It's, it's so wild. There's it's so many. crazy. We'll get there, though. Okay. Xenon Carr is a 13-year-old girl living on a space station in space. In the year 2049. And she gets into shenanigans with a little crew. She's a, a real troublemaker. You know this because they tell you. They tell you and show you. It's a yeah. show and tell. Yeah. Uh, she's got a pack. Main, the important person here is Nebula. Her best friend. I've read of that. Raven. And then there's that other, there's the kid whose dad has important coats. Yeah, and then the filler. And there's some other guy and some other girl that get no play. <laughs> it's, it's a real shame for them. Uh, like, they don't even get, like, token, like, plot matterance. They just don't matter. If you told me the girl with red hair doesn't even get named in this movie, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Wyndham, the guy who's in charge of the space station, is coming up to tour it to see if he needs to shut it down or do what, because the space station's getting old. And Xenon, who's a troublemaker, of course, ends up getting into trouble because she is spying on him because she gets a bad vibe, and he has an assistant, Lutz, which is an incredible evil assistant name. And she sees Lutz trying to get in the main frame. Eventually she gets in trouble for sneaking into the main frame herself. She gets sent to Earth. This is where Mary gets This is where it gets good. Um, she meets a new gang. She meets a boy. A boy. A girl who hates her, as we talked about. Margie. The bestie hacker guy. Andrew. And the other one. And there's some other guy who's there for reasons. He has like two lines in the whole movie. Like genuinely, he only has like three lines. She is also living with her aunt Judy, uh, who is scared of things. That's her character trait. Uh, Zeno <laughs> continues to investigate what Lutz was up to. Yes, and she has an earring. She has an earring that her friend Nebula gave her. It turns out it's this disc that Lutz dropped. We find this out because Greg, who turns out is a great hacker, though not as good as his friend Andrew, who's a master hacker, <laughs> uh, notices that she has an earring and is like, that must be what's important to Lutz. <laughs> Which is a wild pull. Because, like, it's, like, when they landed, because she went on the space, like, her space trip down was with the evil guy and his assistant, and, like, they were talking fine or whatever. She didn't trust him, but then she, like, moved her hair, and that's when the assistant got all freaky. Yes. And... So she replayed that, and Greg perfectly picked out that it was the earring. Yeah. Wild stuff. Plots had to happen. Uh... So they investigate the disc. They find out it's a virus designed to shut down the space station. Uh, spoilers, this is another movie about rich people trying to get rich again. This time it's uh, insurance fraud yeah, from Mr. Wyndham. like literally, I was like, is this insurance fraud? We've moved on from tax fraud to insurance fraud. Tax evasion. <laughs> That's right. Tax evasion to insurance fraud. I remember the Children's part. movies. Yes. Uh, Xenon eventually, uh, tries to get back to the space station now that her friend Andrew was able to reverse the virus. She eventually does do so by hanging out with Protozoa, the singer that she's a huge fan of, and who's doing a concert in space, who Mr. Wyndham's also plotting to kill, because he's a real bad dude. He's evil McEvil. <laughs> he's evil. More like wind evil. 
She. <laughs> no, I'm just moving past that. She goes back to space with Protozoa. She eventually saves the space station, though they still don't believe her, even though there's literally 20 seconds left for them to die. Yeah. No, like, literally, she, like, comes out and they're like, what are you doing? Like, you have 30 seconds to live. What could she mess up more? She does save the day. Everything is awesome. There's a rock concert. She lets Nebulous go up and dance with Protozoa because she got to hang out with him on the planet, so they're already besties. Yeah, she played poker with him and beat his ass. Finn, what a film. I don't think that recap sold how good this film is, so we're going to get into it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. The plot... It's whatever. Like, evil guy wants to do evil, Xenon stops him because she's a 13-year-old girl in a decom and she saves the world. They said so on the poster. They did. That's not what makes this film great. No, what makes it great is the sudden hacker skills. Let's get into it. Okay. Yeah, let's just jump right all the way in. Okay, so Greg, the love interest, and Xenon are, like, eating, hanging out. She's They're on a date. Yeah. She's... That food looked really good, by the way. <laughs> they did do a good job with the food, yeah. I was like, I don't even They're know. like, here's a whole spread of fried foods. Oh and Xenon's like, oh my god, fried food. It's not hydroponic, whatever. She's like, I want to eat that fried chicken. I'm like, me too, girl. Anyway, <laughs> okay, but yeah. So Xenon told him about the evil plan. And then Mr. Lutz, the evil assistant, shows up. She sees him. They make a dash for it. <laughs> they right. dine a dash as well. Alright, he asked for the check. Okay, I guess Greg's an upstanding young boy. Okay, yeah. Pig. Um, but anyways, then they're under a brick, hanging out. Right. Xenon's like, experiencing what water is like. It's cold. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> anyways, so then they're, like, talking, and they were going to talking or whatever, and he's like, Hey, I hacked into the mainframe and found all this information <laughs> for you. Casually. I'm saying it in an uncasual way. He's just like, oh, I got in. Oh, I'm looking at all their secure financial information. Oh, they don't have any money. And it's... I can't explain how random it is. Because we our plot recap was really brief. So you might think, like, maybe he just vaguely mentioned he's into computers. There's one scene where they show him typing well on a computer. But here's the thing. Xenon was also typing on a computer. But she was typing poorly on a computer. But, but this is the only space, difference we see. So everything she does is bad compared to everyone. That was a consistent they have theme. computers in space. But the point is, it wasn't... the setup was one guy, one time this guy was typing well. And then suddenly, he's a master hacker. He literally doesn't mention anything about computers, like, vocally. He's a horse boy! He, let's get it. We're gonna get into that every time. Pin, that, pin the horse boy conversation. Yes. But, anyways, he's just a hacker now. And then his, like, friend... He's also a hacker. And he's an even better hacker. hacker. He's like, he can reverse incredible, sophisticated viruses and then just do undo scripts. That's not how computers work. Undo viruses aren't even a thing. <laughs> Wild stuff. It's very random. <laughs> it's super random. And it's, I mean, it's it's then what the plot is about. It's, I guess, the weird part. Like, before this, it's not in there. And then all of a sudden, after that scene, Greg and Andrew, just being computer wizards, is like a key plot driver and it's basically Andrew's what the movie is about. And I mean, like whatever, it's a decom, it's fine. But yeah, like, that's just kind of one of those like, it's just kind of weird. It was they, hilarious when it happened, but then now looking back on it, I'm like, that's just the movie after that. Just seed it beforehand. Yeah, it's like, it was so funny when it happened because it, it, it felt, it was genuinely just out of nowhere. However, this was not a movie about computer hacking, to be <laughs> honest. Like, the one left scene, I guess. And then suddenly it went from a movie about, like, Xenon's fights with her parents and her rebellion against authority 
who suddenly it's just a movie about who has the better hackers and Andrew the 13 year old wins <laughs> Yeah, but it just feels like one of those things like maybe they should have seeded it at all earlier. So that we wouldn't burst out in laughter. Mary maybe paused the movie. She was laughing so hard when suddenly Greg was a master hacker. Wild. Yeah, that's what happened. So let's talk about the horse scene. Oh, okay. Let's not, we didn't pin that for that long. Okay, so Xenon and Greg are hanging out for reasons. I actually can't remember where they were before. Anyways. He's they're like, at school, and he's like, oh, they're actually leaving the computer lab. And he's like, I gotta go groom some horses. Where you think they might set up who's a hacker, but they don't. The, the vaguest hint. <laughs> he typed good. He typed good. Um, but now he's a horse boy. Okay, so he brings her to the horse thing. Because she's like, real horses? And he's like, yeah. Because <laughs> she's never experienced a real horse, because they apparently don't have animals these days. Yeah. Well, they have that rat. In that. They do have rats. Or maybe they're lab mice. Lab rats, fun mice. Yeah, so I have them. So they start bonding over horse maintenance, you know. As you do. He's like brushing the horse's fur. Well, he's teaching her how to brush it, and they do that. And then their hands overlock, and it's like any like guy teaches girl how to play sports. Scene, yes. But yes. it's brushing a horse. Right. Convenient excuse to hold hands. And like get all close to each other, but feel but like unlike where you're teaching her how to like basketball. Swing a bat. Yeah, swing a bat and shoot a basketball. You, they don't have to be that close, honestly, except on the hands. And also, it's just brushing a horse. Because <laughs> this girl never brushed her hair. It's, well, Xenon's into it. Because all middle school... she's a horse girl! Because all middle school girls are horse girls. I mean, I never had that big of a horse phase, but, like, I wanted a horse. I was quoting you. Yeah. Like, all most little girls are horse girls in some sense. <laughs> I always just laugh about it. Anyway, so they he, like, gets on the horse, and he gets pretty down the horse. And they're riding on the horse, and they go to like the ocean. Yeah. I don't know where this movie was set. They didn't specify what part of Earth she was on. It was filmed in Vancouver, and it seemed pretty British Columbia, Vancouver y. So I assume it's just actually also in Vancouver. Okay. So that makes Xenon maybe Canadian. Maybe there's no more, maybe there's just one Earth government now. I don't know how it works. Protozoa clearly English. <laughs> Very clearly. We'll get to that. Another big twist in the film. Um, but yeah, so they're at the I have no idea what Protozoa twist. Okay, I guess they already talked to the horse, so we can get into Protozoa. We aren't pinning anymore, we're just talking. Um, yeah, I didn't I know he was British! So Protozoa is one of the best parts of this movie. He's not in it that much, but he really stands out. But, but when he comes in, he brings an energy. A, a lot of energy. Now this is a character they spent the time to set up. It's like, the first time Xenon goes to school, she's like getting excited in class. They set up this concert that's going to happen. I mean, they are wanting you to think about Protozoa. It's they, very important. They even occasionally bring him back at random times throughout the movie. Like, Xenon's like, parents are upset with her, and then all of a sudden, but like, she's singing the song. As she should. Just, they keep bringing Protozoa back, so by the time he enters the movie, it actually does feel like a big deal. And, yeah, then he's this like, cool, funny British rocker guy. Yeah, I didn't know he's British. His accent is very intense. <laughs> It's good though. I think it works. It gives a yeah. vibe. Yeah. No, like we support. I. Yeah, Protozoa passes the vibe check. You hate when I say vibe check. <laughs> so the Protozoa thing reminded me again. I want to wrap up this whole Greg and Xenon conversation. Because she was the reason it reminded me of it is because she was at the concert at the end. She's like video chatting with him over her mm -hmm. tablet, 
and he's just, I guess, like, watching Xenon watch a concert. It's very strange. Um, Get you a man who don't talk. <laughs> a guy who has one face. You didn't know if he was going to talk. You were like, does this guy talk? Because of the whole okay. first scene where they meet each other, he's just staring at her. Which to be clear, the scene where they meet each other is he is at a table with the friends, and she and her aunt come to this place to eat. Um, and all the other friends are talking, and he is not. And he, like, is looking at her, and she's looking at him. And there's, like, a moment where they're, like, zooming up at each other, all looking. And then here, the mean girl is like, oh, look at her outfit. It's, like, so ridiculous. You also, oh, what on earth? You also didn't like the outfit, though. Her earth? That was, it was fine. I didn't like her boots. Okay. It was fine for what it was. Yeah. It was better than Margie's style. Who's, I so you felt like Xenon had an Earth clothing come up. Yes, when she, her Earth clothes were infinitely better than her face clothes. They were like actually like I actually wore them. They're cute. Anyways, but he's just staring at her, and the mean girl comes all up to her table, and Xenon has a comeback major, <laughs> <laughs> where she's all like, "If it was Halloween, I want to borrow your mask because it's like the ugliest thing I've ever Got seen." <laughs> and the friends all do the like, "Ooh, Ooh. she did get her." And then Xenon walks out. And the boy keeps looking at her, and throughout all of this, and like he has an ooh, like the everyone else, he right. just stays looking he at just her. Is staring at Xenon. I literally like, can he not talk? <laughs> Why else have him not talk? I don't understand. He makes one face and doesn't talk that much. The perfect boy. I mean, <laughs> as long as it's a good face. He's cute, but like better from the side. So the. Seeming conclusion of the romantic plot is happening actually before the uh, weird video conference thing, which is where the balcony scene. Yeah. Greg goes full. Uh, he literally says, like, you're not like the girls from around here. She's not like other girls. She's and not like other girls. To be fair to this film, she's literally not. <laughs> she's literally not like the Earth girls. She's very different. She's, she's also she's, not like the other space girls, to be honest. Xenon is a unique individual. She's from space. <laughs> She's from space. Like, a lot of times in those movies, it's like, she's just, like, sad, and the guy's like, that's hot, and that's why he's not like other girls. <laughs> but at least in this case, like, she's literally not like other girls. She's from yeah. space. <laughs> she's legitimately from space. And even in space, she was weird, because she's, like, the ringleader troublemaker. Like, Xeno definitely gets into stuff. Her, there's a good line early in the film, where, like, it was after her dad got angry at her for astronauting during this, like, solar flare or whatever. Right, and one of the friends says Sweden. it was all her idea. And he's like, these things are always your idea. And she's like, good to know you're raising a leader, right? Yes. Xeno has great sass with the parents. She had, the actress was, like, really charming. Yeah, she was. It's like... I'll talk more about this in the conclusion, because I feel like that's where she really, really shined. But she was good and consistent throughout. Yeah, I think Xenon is very winning. Uh, it's like, I feel like that's how we thought Marnie was going to be in Halloween Town. Not that she wasn't carrying that movie on her back. She was great. But, but like, more... other people were, like, also great. Yes. In the sense of, we thought it was all just going to be, like, her. Like, when you were, when we were talking about earlier, you didn't love the space station. A lot of times you're like, ooh, Xenon... Is the only one who's doing good work here. Yeah. Like, including the parents. No offense, but... I like the dad. I thought the dad was fun. Eh. I just didn't care. I just... Yeah, you didn't care about the parents' plot at all. <laughs> at one point, you said, the space station could die, her parents could die, the space station could blow up, I don't care. Get Raven and the other boy out. Whatever. Wow. Commander Plank did not not listen to Xenon several hundred times to die like this. He actually, he did. He actually literally did. She should have shot him. 
What's my note about that balcony scene? I did like in the way that Xenon is not with other girls. Greg's like kind of going for this like you're not with other girls slowly and for the kiss, and Xenon's like, if you're gonna kiss me, just, just kiss it. me. What and a queen! They, they kiss, but it's like bad. They like hit each other's noses. Yeah, they like, hit each other's noses, and they go for a second one, and then they get a call from Nebula, and they don't actually kiss on screen. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a decom thing. A lot of times, like when there's romance, there's not like a kiss. Because it's like for children, so sometimes right. they're kind of weird. Actually. I don't think we've seen an actual on-screen kiss yet. Besides yeah, I maybe for Cameron and the dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Mari kissed Luke on the cheek. Right, and Xenon kissed Greg on the cheek. Yeah, like at the end. Right when they were when she was leaving to go off with Tarzilla. And the romance in Under Wraps like never progressed past being mean to each other. So exactly. So, uh, and there was no one at the break because it's a good film. I was so worried they tried and set something up with Gabriella with any of the guys there. Sure. But they didn't. Because they had one female character. Yeah. This movie has a lot of female characters. Yeah. I don't have much to say on that. I, I just was noting. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> the, the men are still evil. There's literally a boys, am I right, Lauren? Yeah, at the beginning, Raven and Xenon are, like, talking about the concert and how excited they are and how they want to win the contest to dance with him. And the boys are like, you know you're never going to win it. And she's, and they're like, I don't even know why you'd want to play the contest because you're, like, you're never going to win. And they're like, boys, am I right? <laughs> or, like, boys will never understand. Very classic. Yeah. A thing I liked about this movie... I don't know how to phrase it exactly. I like the settings. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> like the space station, I liked how it was set up. I thought it seemed pretty fun. I it does make you, and this is part of the appeal of a good decom, is it does make you want to kind of be in that light. And it did yeah. seem like, oh, living on the space station would be cool. Yeah. But I also liked Earth. It looked, that seemed really fun as well. Xenon's yeah. sudden fashion improvement was really nice. Like, they go on a break at one point, like, the whole crew at the end in the almost climax, and, like, I don't know, just it had good energy for me. I just, I, I thought the scenery, scenery doesn't feel like the right word. I don't know how. Yeah, the locations were nice. Yeah, I thought the locations were, like, well picked. That's such a lame compliment, but I genuinely meant it. it I thought it added to the film. Films are a visual medium. Yeah. They, and they did a great job creating spaces that you want to be in, like, it seemed cool to go to that restaurant they keep going to that overlooks that harbor. Yeah. It seemed cool to go to that beach they rode on a horse to. It seemed cool to be in that giant house they were hanging out in. And it seemed cool to be on the space station. And those are like, if those are the embar- if those are the four scenes we're going to spend a lot of time on, like, make them cool. Like, I, I don't think it. Under Wraps succeeded on that, per se. I mean, they didn't have any locations. Um, what were, like, what were some, like, things you liked? They don't have to be, like, bigger, whatever, but just, like... Oh, yeah. So, some of the, this and that. Uh, I thought the President Chelsea Clinton bit at the beginning was kind of funny. I thought that was pretty rough. I'm, like... It's a very classy, like, 90s bit of just being, like, Chelsea Clinton's gonna be the president. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a late 90s version of, like, a meme. Like, <laughs> it was so prevalent in culture that, like, Chelsea Clinton will be president one day. Just for no particular reason. <laughs> it just was in all those sorts of things. So I just thought that was a funny thing to like call back to. Okay, I feel like that's one of the things with being the culture. I, me watching, I'm like, 
I hope we don't have too much of like the '90s references. I was oh, I thought there were a couple good little things with the parents. I didn't mean, care for them in general, but do you mean where the part where I said they should die? Yeah, I was you know I was gonna try and retcon that into you not caring for them in general, not what, wishing their active explosion in space death upon them. But yeah, but Xenon at one point was almost with you because that line, my ex parents are coming, is yeah. savage. <laughs> I also I thought it was pretty funny when she's going off to space and they're like, Dad's like, try to make the best of it. It's like you literally grounded her as like the thing she wants least in life, and then the parents trying to like. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic parent thing to do is the thing the kid wants the least, they do it over their express over the kid's explicit wishes and then they're like, It could be fun, try to make the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that like a non parent but like authority figure, like camp counselors will do stuff like that. That's true, yes. But I just It's like when you get sat out at like the fun thing and they're like, Hey, sitting out while everyone else is having fun can be like a beneficial experience. It's like, no, it's not. I just wanted to swim. Sure, everyone else gets to play, but you get to watch them play. So you can really observe. <laughs> you get to learn valuable lessons about life. And it's like, I just wanted to swim in a pond, lady. <laughs> <laughs> so they just played that so straight. I thought that was like I like literally kind of giggled because they just like <laughs> yeah. they just did the thing without any sort of note. Oh, another random thing. This is a callback to Halloween Town last episode, but the easily persuadable crowds were back. In the scene where they're talking, like the commander of the space station is talking to everyone in the space station in the cafeteria before Mr. Wyndham comes, like. Xenon's dad just starts calling things out and the crowd starts like cheering and clapping then like Plank starts calling things out too and the crowd's also cheering and clapping and it's like who are these people who just mm -hmm. cheer and clap when somebody says like a vaguely normal thing to say in a normal situation but like decoms just like are like if there's a group of people they will believe anything anyone says with enough authority and my last like my last little odds and ends is Xenon invented the ending song at the end of the movie Shrek who? <laughs> Like, that took over children's movies, and Xenon yeah. did it first. Probably, yeah. Um, some little things I thought were kind of funny. I thought the line, so she, like, goes on the spaceship with the evil guys. Right. And they give her, like, a ride. And so then she's, like, looking in her suitcase on the way, and I'm like, that's literally how it is. Oh, yes. Yes, this is a great scene. Where, when she first gets to Earth, the gravity on the space station, I guess, is just a little bit different. So Earth is harder. The gravity is harder. And so she's picking up her staircase and walking up this thing, and she's just trudging each step as if it is basically killing her, and it's a whole ass move. That's literally how I am. Um, like every time to, you stand up, Matthew, as someone who has carried my suitcases before, you know yes. that's how it is. That is me. how it is. <laughs> also, she like says this line when she's like partying with them, right before the assistant notices her ear in a very plot important moment. That's right. She's like, you know, everyone else on the space station might buy what you're selling, but I certainly don't. And she does this head swivel. That might not be the exact dialogue, but it's like a similar... Yeah. It's like a similar... She goes right up to the, the main villain and is like, everyone else doesn't buy it, but this 13-year-old is onto your game. That might not be the exact dialogue, but it's like a similar essence to what she's saying. And every time she says something, she moves her head or eyebrows <laughs> or both. Yes. Like, she put her whole head into that saying. She acted the hell out of that line. 
Let's talk about Xenon. I thought, like, the character. Yeah. I thought she was really good. And I felt she really shined in the climax, because that's where I realized just how, like, good she was. Like, how much of a star she, like, really, really was. Sure. So there's this moment. She, like, talks for Zoe and giving her a ride, because she proves herself as the person who won, because her face is literally on the thing that won. Right. The dance contest to go up. Yeah. So he's like, sure, legit. Get on. That's <laughs> right. Um, and they're like, but then the evil people try and get her, and she like, and then they're in like zero gravity, she like slides down the airplane. That's an iconic decom moment. As it should be. It's like incredible. Slides down, slides down the airplane, locks them up in like luggage, I guess. <laughs> and then just starts chatting with her aunt. Yeah, and then there's a moment where the aunt's like, we're in space, and she's like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Anyways, here's, there's a new plan. <laughs> That's the way she said it was so funny. Yes. Um, she, and she just, It's, like, legit cool. Yeah, it's, like, legit, like, badass, but, like... Yes. <laughs> um, but I just thought she was, like, consistently really good throughout. She was always fun. Well, she wasn't always funny. <laughs> Some of the early I was, like, kind of rough. But she always was selling it. She... And this movie are kind of a victim of that classic decom thing. At the beginning of the movie, they're trying very hard to establish the character quickly. Yeah. So she's not like a whole character. She's just like this weird, troublemaking thing. But then once you start to get into her, we start to see like she has the lines back from the parents and you start to like her. Then she gets to Earth. We see her interacting with the other kids. And then by the end, somewhere in the middle, you're like, oh, I love this character. Yeah. They're trying to make her like really cool off the bat to make you like her. Right. But like a lot of it hasn't aged the best, I guess. Right. And I don't even think it would... I don't even think it's great when you go back to it at the beginning. Like, I wasn't watching the beginning being like, oh, yeah, Xenon's so cool right now. Like, she's fun. Like, I like her because I know I like her, but... Yeah. It's the aquamarine problem. The what? The aquamarine problem. Uh, we talked about this yeah. on our secret stuff, aquamarine pod. <laughs> they had the exact same thing, where they tried to establish the kids at the beginning. And it was not great. And it was awkward. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of let it be because they were in the movie, and all of a sudden, it was... They the had, like, was really great. to happen... So they just had it be, like, more little moments that felt more real right. than, like, big over the top, telling the audience sort of thing. Let's talk about the friendship and the uh, kids' dynamics in this movie. Yeah. Like, can I say one more thing? The thing oh. about Xeon being so likable, which she is, it's like when people disagree with her or, like, don't believe her, it makes you irrationally mad at them because you're like, <laughs> she's right. Yes. She's literally right. Just listen to her. And, like, when Mr. Plank or whatever was, like, not listening to her, like, I had to look at it objectively. I'm like, objectively, she does crap like this all the time. Right. But also, she's right, though. <laughs> yes. Listen to her. She is very charismatic, and as the audience, you know she's right. And so you're like, just it's, listen to her, and it drives you crazy she, that people don't. She, like, don't. tells her parents the whole plan. She knows somehow that the space station is messed up, even though she hasn't talked to anybody. And they're like, oh, that's weird. What could, how could you know? It's like, just, the evil plan is true. Were you not paying attention? Like, literally just run this by anyone. Like, be like, hey, our daughter Xenon says there's a computer virus, and nobody's talked to her, and yet she still knew things were going wrong. Maybe we should look into whether there's a virus. Like, just check if there's a virus. Like, you Anything. have nothing to lose. It drives me crazy. And again, you're right. Like, in an objective sense, this is a 13-year-old girl who's constantly getting in trouble, trying to make another excuse to get out of trouble. But also, she's right, though. But she's right, though. And also, she went, she got sent to Earth and has been on Earth and picked up a boyfriend. Like, and she's still obsessed with this. Like, maybe listen to her because she's yeah. not letting it go. It's like, she's been down there for, like, a bit of time and clearly has made new friends. Right. Like, she's clearly been having, like, a life, and she's still on this. And she's she, obsessed with it. It was not She invited her trouble. new friends in on it. Right. Packer Kings. 
Thank God. Thank God she didn't talk to like just two kids who don't know how to use computers. It's really the plants. Then her whole family explodes. Sorry, Nebula. Yeah. So we put a pin in that. Let's unpin the Xenon and her friends conversation. Xenon and Nebula, did that work for you? Yeah. She actually listened to her. That's right. Nebula does listen like, to her. Like, Xenon is like, hey, you guys might blow up. And she's like, sounds legit. <laughs> Uh, but no, but like, she, and she, Nebula didn't believe her at first. Yeah. Nebula, she, the guy seems nice. And, and she then, was like, right. But when Xenon's like, no, I know the space station's going badly. And Nebula's like, how did you know that? And Xenon's like, because I was right the whole time. Nebula's like, huh, based on this new evidence, I've changed my opinion. Somehow Nebula's the most rational thinker of people in the space station. <laughs> but no, I feel like in the beginning when they're trying to establish everything really quick so that by the time it changes, it feels like a change. Right. Which is clearly why they did that, because they wanted it, they wanted to seem so different. Right. Um, I felt their friendship felt natural in a sense, because like, they just seemed to hang out and stuff. Like, they'd be doing like, the group thing with the the two girls, the guy that's helpful, and then the others. Right. But like, those two would have the most interactions in the group thing, so yes. you could clearly tell they were the best friends of the group. Um, it was like a little hesitant at first, but like not. It like it was fine for me. It worked. Like I believe they're friends and stuff. And then at the end, when she helps them out, yes. she's like, "I have a lot to catch you up on." And she like moves the camera to show her boy. That was so good. And she's like, she's literally pointing at the boy. Yeah, she there's just, a she lot just, I need to tell you. Which is her just shifts her tablet to be like, "I have a lot to catch you up on," and then shifts it back and away. She moves but it there's back. a problem, and it's just like. She's like, there's boy stuff. We'll talk about it later. He's right here. <laughs> and he's right there. He doesn't say anything, though, because that's his move. <laughs> he doesn't make any facial change at this. That's also his move. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's like, like, talking about the boys and that sort of stuff. And then well, she, like, helped her out at the end. And, like, when she did that, I was like, sure, yeah, that's what you do for your bestie. Especially if you've already played card games with the guy. Right. Yes, I think one of the things that really sold it for me is the actresses. When they would like pop onto each other's uh, video chats, they would like smile warmly and excitedly at each other. Yeah. Which is like obviously just like a thing they should do, but like they just seem excited it's to see each other. Some people don't do. I don't know. Some friendships like you're like. I also find it's true for like romances and fiction. It's like just like me scooting a little closer when you're hugging or whatever. Right. Some couples in fiction just like stand so far apart that I'm like, are you in love or not? Wow. <laughs> That's probably a good note. Now I'll probably start noticing this and it'll ruin what message for that. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I just felt like when they would see each other, they seemed excited and warm and happy. And like, that's yeah. how you are when you see your friend after a long time. Or like a few days. <laughs> right. I mean, like a long time in terms of like, if it's been a couple of days that you haven't been able to video chat and then you see your friend again, like you should be happy to see it. And sometimes in films, like that's not the case. They're like, hey, I and have to tell you about the plot. Right. Like, oh, real quick. And it's like, sure, you're in danger, but also you have voice to talk about, so you have to you have to mention that. Right. This is a movie that outside of Xenon par- Xenon's parents, I don't feel like I understand the dynamics of any of the other relationships between non-Xenon characters. <laughs> like, uh, Nebula's kind of friends with the useful kid on the space station. Yeah, they, like, hang out sometimes. Margie, Margie wants to date Greg, and Greg doesn't want to date her. Very aggressively. It's, like, so aggressive he does not like her that makes me wonder, like, what was going on before Xeon showed up. Right. Was she being this aggressive all the time? And he was just like, it's fine. I have nothing to do with her. Like, it changed. But, like, no one else in the friend group seemed to see a difference. They're just like, yeah, no, that's just, like, he doesn't like her. Well, there's one time where she's like, you like to do, you used to like to do this thing with me before Xeon showed up. And he was like, 
Yeah. He actually didn't say anything because he hasn't talked. <laughs> but it just seemed like maybe he was just like, well, I didn't have anything else to do, so yeah, I would go ride on your parents' thing. It's like, usually like, you were in my person's car, and then one of the other friends to talk for their boy was like, that was because of the car, not you. <laughs> Savages. But yeah, like, Greg and Andrew are probably, like, hacker friends, but, like, we don't really see them ever talk outside of a Xenon-centric and context. And that's fine, because I don't care about the relationship that much out of Xenon. Sure. It's just, it's a movie it's where I, I like the kid dynamics, but it's all this person in Xenon, this person in Xenon. Yeah. Like I was saying, this is what we thought it was going to be with Halloween Town, where, like, no one oh, else Oh, where it's the Marnie out. show? Yeah. And actually, we kind of liked the other things going on in that movie. Yeah, like, I enjoyed when, like, the grandma and the mom right. were interacting. Which I guess makes sense, because this movie is called Xenon. Yeah. It's not called, like, Space Station Town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. That was great. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not. What, what, what do you think it should be called, actually? Maybe it should be called, like, Back to the Space Station. It's, like, Back to the Future. Earth 2. Earth who? Something about Earth. Like, well, back what, to Earth. Well, that's why I was saying back to the space station, because it's like... like real back to, to the future Earth. ripoff? Yeah. Okay. But it's not about that. It's actually just about Xenon. Yeah. Like, the space station... Like, her saving the space station is only relevant because Xenon does it. Otherwise, no one... Like, you don't care. I, I literally I, said you literally didn't die. care? You were like, willing to let people die, but I only didn't I care because... I was like, save Raven and maybe that one kid. Everyone else... To be honest, like, I was more motivated about her saving the space... This sounds really bad, but I guess not as bad as you, so I'm the good guy on this podcast. I was more motivated. I just wanted people to acknowledge that Xenon was right. Yeah. More than I cared about the actual aspect of saving the space station. You're like, get... You're like, Mr. Plank, just acknowledge her once. Well. Her parents? Mr. Plank? Just somebody be like, oh, actually, you were right the whole time. And they do at the end. And that's why I was happy. Too little, too late. But, like, if Xenon had managed to somehow, like, evacuate the space station and had still blown up, I, like, wouldn't particularly care any differently. I mean, it's her home and it makes Xenon happy, so I do care. <laughs> but, like, really, that's all that's going on but here. But, like, really, you don't care, though. <laughs> like, the space station, saving the space station plot does not motivate me. It does not move me. Xenon wanting to moves me. You made that sound so deep. You're like, it, what moves me? <laughs> it's a deep thought. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's also true. The effects... Aren't that great? The effects were okay. I thought I thought they were gonna be way worse considering this is a decom in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, the space station was like fine. That one rat that was floating was bad. Like, okay, actually not good. And the thing I believe you. They like, focused it on the screen. Like they had Xenon walking like from behind it, so she like gets bigger towards it. Oh, so it's that they thought it looked cool, and then you're like, it doesn't. Yeah, like they clearly are focusing on it. They like because they had it stay in the whole shot. And I'm like, this is not good. Sure. But yeah, I felt like the space station live shot generally worked and the uh, shuttle stuff was not like objectively gross. Like all I needed from this film was to not kill it. Like not yeah. ruin the film with the CGI I mean, effects. And it did that. Like I thought they were totally fine. I did not notice them. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Which, it's a 1999 decom, like, I just feel like if their special effects budget doesn't ruin their space film, then that's a win. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really worried about going in, obviously, since I mentioned it. But, yeah. I thought the climax was good, like, I can't, like, not actually tense, because I knew she was going to win, because I didn't right. tell you on the post-it. But, like, I, decom. like, 13-year-old saves the world. Yeah, but, like, I, it had good energy and, like, action, you know, for what it was, yeah. so, like, I just, like, it all coming together. And then the... I mean, I talked about this earlier. The ending song is a, a legit bop. 
Zoom, zoom, zoom. You make my heart go boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's not supernova, girl. <laughs> it really goes off. And it seems like everybody's having fun in that scene. Like, I think they're they gay having fun. I like how yes. the singer had the guitar for the fashion. Yeah, mostly for dancing that. with it. <laughs> um, Dion gives her bestie to dance with him instead. Because yeah. she's like, I selfless, literally already hung out with him, so like, whatever. Selfless queen. But like, she admits it wasn't like that selfless. Because yeah, right. she's like, she's I already like, hung out with him. Like, We're friends now. He's going to hang out with me all the time. As everyone should. I the saved his adult, life. The first adult to like tell Dion. He was the first adult to believe in her. Yeah. Well, I guess the aunt also believed in her. Yeah, her aunt always believed in her. Okay, yeah. Earth people are better. Earth adults are legit all cool in this. Yeah. Even the teachers are like pretty like chill. Earth is better. The style, the kids, there's like two who matter instead of like one and a half. Wow, is Earth better than living on the space station? Yes. (laughs) Let's explore it in the sequel. Oh, I forgot there's a sequel. There's two. Yeah, but I don't see people mention Z3 as often as I see people mention the Zequel. Maybe it's because the Zequel is an infinitely better title. It's but... such a good name. <laughs> but also, I think, like, my generation, like, by the time they did Z3, I think it a little bit faded out. It's kind of the way, like, uh, Halloween Town High is just not in the cultural consciousness the way uh, Town of oh. Revenge is. Yeah. I love Xenon's hair. That's like a little quick note. Her hair is so cute. Her hair was fun. I like the I like the two things. I like the side pony. I love the style she has. It's really cute ponytail when she's about to go swimming. It's like it's all good. That's just a little thing throughout the film I was always into. (laughs) Something I noticed while watching it, I was really worried. I was like not gonna get into it. Sort of like how I felt about like the OC. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Where like. I almost got into it, but then I just like didn't, and that kept happening in the beginning. However, unlike the OC, I eventually did get into it. Okay. Like it got there. Did this remind you of any other TV shows? Our researcher had noticed, like before we did the thing, like it kind of was like first season of the hundred. And while I was watching it, I only saw what she meant. <laughs> the hundred's one of your favorite shows, right? Or at least the beginning of it. Is a show you have a lot of feelings about. I watched it really quickly. I binge like the first season in like a couple of days. I haven't seen any of the seasons after season three because it got really boring. Sure. There was, a, there was some characters you cared about and you loved that stuff. Yes. <laughs> okay. So how are they alike? Um, well, it's like about a blonde girl who gets sent down to Earth. Very different reasons why, but you know, we're not talking about that. Okay. Um, they was were... the other one in trouble? Yeah. Okay. She got, she was like, well, literally she was a prisoner. Okay. And the only reason she wasn't dead is because she was like 17, not 18. Um, mm. But like, let's not get into that. Anyway. So, so young blonde girl is sent down to Earth because she's in trouble. Yes. And then they're From going space? to Earth. Yes. Okay. Like they're literally in a space station. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 They get sent down to Earth. They have to adapt to the people on the ground. Very <laughs> different. Um, okay. Levels of conflict. Right. Um... But they save the day at the end. Also, the space station's having troubles. Um, in the hundred, they abandon the space station because it like collapses. They but should have called Andrew. They, they, they should have. Dion and Andrew should have been on the case. Um, but yeah, and their mothers are on the space station, and that causes like personal troubles with it. Okay, sure. Mostly the game sent down to Earth stuff is similar. Sure. Is there a, a, a love interest with someone on Earth? There is, actually. There we go. 
Same, same, same plot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Do they ultimately save the day? That shit is not over yet, but I get. I don't think so, from what I've heard. Okay. <laughs> Tough stuff for our blonde there. <laughs> Xenon got it done. Yeah. Rip. <laughs> so, Mary, let's move on again. Let's get into our rankings and kind of our final thoughts about the movie. Our big thoughts. Our big thoughts. Our galaxy brain thoughts. Uh, so I really love Xenon. I was a little worried. And I mean, at the beginning, I talked about like if one didn't work, uh, like a classic decom didn't work, I think this would be one of the ones. And I think the space talk at the beginning showed us that. It may have had me worried major. <laughs> but I do think it got there, and I think it's actually a really fun great film. Yeah. It really builds. Like, it got better and better as it went on. And then you can pull that stuff back with you. Like, I was having, at a certain point, I was like, oh, right, this does get good. And then I was having fun again. And I was just yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> like, I had so much fun with the Earth stuff. And then they, like, cut to the space thing. And anytime <laughs> it wasn't with Nebula, I was like, it's got again. You didn't like Plank and the arm getting into a romance? I hated Plank. He should have died. Wow. Push him off the plank. Commander Flank has to walk the flank. We're definitely cutting. This is aggressively not funny. I like it. But, no, I, I didn't really care about any of that. But at the same time, it really wasn't that much. I feel like I, I feel like this movie, I kept thinking it was going to disappoint me more than it did. Like, I was, okay. I can't think of, like, the exact thing. Like, when she signed an envelope, I thought she was going to be stupid, like, the parents, and, like, not believe her for, like, literally no reason. She's like, oh, no, how do you know that? And then, like, the plot... What's yeah, going Nebula comes through. Yeah. And there's some other times. Yeah. I can't remember the specifics right now, but there's some other times where I thought, like, I thought we were going to hold on the space station stuff longer than we did. Right. And I just, like, it kept not disappointing me. So I feel like if I were to watch it again, it'd be more positive viewing experience because I know some stupid right. stuff isn't going to happen. That I was worried was going to happen with painting my view. Right. It pulls it off. And so then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can just watch this knowing it's good. Yeah. 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 That's basically what I was saying. It's like, oh, I know this is good. I know it gets better. Yeah. Mary, what would you rank Xenon out of 10? Um, I think my ranking pick of 8 out of 10 was like a solid choice. Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like it's good, but I can't go like higher than that, like, because there were parts I like, didn't enjoy. But like, again, I think if I were to watch it again, I'd like it more. Um, and that really adds to it. I think maybe I'd get into the bad space lingo like a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Like, not a lot. Um, <laughs> sure, somewhere in the third watch, it's just this quirky thing they're doing in Xenon. Yeah, but I'm not there yet. But, like, the potential to like it more on rewatch is, like, a good trait in a film. So that's why, but also, at the same time, I didn't like it that much the first time. So, but I did like a lot of it, and I had a lot sure. to say, obviously. So I think an 8 out of 10 is definitely the ranking for me. Yeah, that feels right for you. What about you, Matthew? So, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. You know, I said, like, maybe this is a 9.5, maybe this is a 9. Uh, I don't mind the space stuff as much as you. Like, I like the space stuff more than you do. I think the Earth stuff is great. Uh, like, Xenon gets, like, a 9.5 out of 10 for this film, and the rest of the film's kind of getting, like, maybe an 8, actually, no. to be honest. But she's so much of the film that she pulls it up to that yeah. 9. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I think it's really good. Uh, but yeah, I think, like, Brink stayed consistently better, because I was also more into the bad stuff than you. Yeah. Um, and so, like, again, uh, Kirsten Storms as Xenon is giving, like, a great performance, and I like a lot of the other big characters, uh, 
One Face Greg. The aunt is fun. I like the dad. Nebula. Okay, and we're done. Nebula's, <laughs> Nebula's good. Cardozo is incredible. Yes. <laughs> uh, the song's a bop. So this is the thing. Like, I'll be singing that song all week. Yeah, I worry that Hit Me Baby One More Time is going to be in my head the whole time. And it was for a little bit. Okay. Um, But then this song is in my head now, so. <laughs> yeah, like when we come back next week, I'll be like, Xenon's a 9.5. I've been singing that song all weekend. That's not actually how you evaluate a movie, but right, it, it's factors. a jam. <laughs> um, but yeah, that all feels correct. Okay, and we'll be back after it's <laughs> So our researchers had noted a in case you missed the message segment. And the first note is like just like don't let you don't let like call for difference and stuff. You some boring like <laughs> whatever, whatever. crap that decoms are always about. I'm gonna read the second one word for word. Sometimes the olds should listen to young people. Already after a great start. Even though Xenon may appear to be a 13-year-old semi-obsessed pop star fan. <laughs> Who sometimes exercises bad judgment. Wow. She appears smart enough not to make up a terrorist plot in order to attend a concert. She's dying her? Went in for no reason on Xenon, the hero of this story. Oh. Matthew, what do you think about Xenon's bad? Oh, I think Xenon would have been greatly improved if, like, Xenon had said, okay, Boomer, at some point. Do you think she would have said it to Wyndham? Oh, to... Lutz? Yeah. I was going to ask you if you thought she would say to Wyndham, Lutz, or to Plank. Ooh, all Cause, three! Because I think Plank actually has the most boomer energy somehow. Honestly, yeah. At, it's like at the beginning, he's like, you keep getting in trouble, Missy, and she's like, okay, boomer. Oh, actually, I know the perfect place for it. It actually is. She should have, when she gives Lutz the fake disc, and then yeah. message pops out, it could have just said, okay, boomer. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the times where the movie doesn't disappoint me. Let's, like, add this somewhere. No, know. no, let's get into that right now. Okay. Um, I thought Xenon was an idiot, because, see, she has the earring that has all the technology, whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. The disc of importance. Yes. The guy comes, is like, give me that earring. And she's like, why? And he's like, because I want it. And she's like, well, give me something. And he's like, do you want money? And she's like, no. I want to go to, like, the concert. And then the boyfriend is like, and he's like, okay, give it to me. And she almost does. And then the boyfriend's like, no, write it down. And then he, like, writes on a piece of paper. He like, writes it down, signs it. And Zeon's like, um, okay, like, we're good like, here. like, some paper. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is so stupid. And then Zeon starts to hand it to him again. And the boy's like, he's actually talking in this scene and doing a good job. He's like, don't give it to him until you're on the shuttle. Yeah. He's right. And she's like, no, it'll be fine. And then the Mr. Lutz is like, actually, it won't. I have the earring. And he takes the beer from her and curls it up. And you have nothing. And then he, like, leaves. <laughs> He's like, And they're just like, oop. <laughs> <laughs> and then later... The we, next scene, it's revealed that this was all a plot by Xenon. Because she did not let Greg out of <laughs> She's like, actually, I just had, like, a lot of different discs, and that was a mistake. <laughs> the best way to keep a secret is to not tell someone. No, she's right, too. Like, Greg was legitimately trying to stop her from giving away that disc. Like, it was a convincing performance, because he did not know. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was going to be really dumb in, like, a lot of ways, and then it kept not being, and then it just didn't disappoint me. So, that was another moment like that. Xenon, not disappointing audiences since 1999. This is a film about friendship? Okay, but legit, like, it is a film about friendship? No, it is. Uh, but it's, 
It's also a film about listening to 13-year-olds. Like, I do feel like the kind of the message of this film is, like, maybe listen to your child. Even if they're troublemaker, do it. Uh, but it is about, like, the power of uh, a bunch of kids to get something done. Oh, man, I just realized it's the thing you talked about. Xenon knew a guy, and it was Greg, and, like, Xenon and Greg knew a guy, and it was Andrew. It was just also a kid. <laughs> like, they just found this random person who has the perfect skill set for their very random problem they have. Yeah, but they're kids, so it, I, it didn't feel natural, but it felt na- unnatural in a different way. Which is something we were talking about again, where 13-year-olds are able to pull on skill sets. Like, when I was 13, if I was like, there's this computer virus problem about the blow up the space station, I would have been like, well. When I was 13, I was bedridden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's true. <laughs> So that's what the movie is. Listen to thirteen year olds unless they're bad written. No, they don't to listen to me. I was, I was intelligent. I was getting great grades. Excuse you. I just happened to be bedridden. I want you to know I will never listen to you. No, it was my idea to do this podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. What's that? It was my idea to go and walk with you. Look what that has spawned an unsuccessful podcast. Hey, we have like. Sixteen listeners. And now, as always, the further successes of our DCOM stars. Um, yeah, so starting off with the titular character herself. Xenon was played by Kristen Storms. Okay. I think you're I spelled that right. She's also going to be in other um, DCOMs, like Drawing Tsunami, which I'm yes. really excited for. She's so good in that. And she's Bonnie in Kim Possible. She would later be in a lot of soap operas, including Days of Our Lives and General Hospital. Between being Xenon and uh, a key character, I can't give it away. I can't talk about Drawing Tsunami the way I want to right now. Yeah. Because no spoilers. I can tell it's being up inside. And we're, we're, we're going to get there soon. But like... Kristen Storms was very important in my childhood. Like, I just, like... She was really good in this. Yeah, she was just so fun. Like, just an incredible Xenon. She's fun she in Johnny Tsunami, funny. and I'm just all in. You're gonna watch Days of Our Lives for her? When I said all in, <laughs> I meant on the things I've already seen her in. <laughs> okay. Next we have Nebula, who is played by Raven Simone, who has been in, I mean, a whole lot of things. Uh, yeah. Uh, she has been working as an actress for, like, 30 years, and she's only 33 years old. <laughs> a lot. Uh, she first was on The Cosby Show, then was in Xenon, and then later in a decom, Cheetah Girls. So I'm not super familiar with the Cheetah Girls films, but I know they're, like... Beloved. Huge and beloved. Yeah. And I think I was just being, like... A, a boy? Like, a crappy boy who was just like, I don't want to watch this girls movie thing. About, like, fashion or whatever. And singing. Yeah. Girl power movie. And, like, whatever. I was just a problematic youth. <laughs> and but, like, people love it. So, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually, like, coming into those with... Um, open eyes. Open eyes. She was also... I mean, she was all over Disney Channel. Because she was also, of course, on That's So Raven. And uh, I know they're doing... I, they're in the middle of a run of a reboot. Yes. It's, like, already started. Yeah. I, I think she's an adult in this now. And, and, yes. Well, I don't think she's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not one of the decom kids in her new film, which she's 33. Uh, new show, which she's 33. 
But uh, and she's also, I mean, she's done a bunch of other things. So. She was in a TV movie right as a bridesmaid, which is something I have seen. Have you really? I have. Okay. Is it, it is it good? I enjoyed it thoroughly. They have a secret exit through like a staircase, so. Okay. <laughs> which is what I needed in a movie again. I love secret entrances in films. It's why I love the 2008 Nancy Drew film. Secret entrances. Wow, this is the whole thing. You got so excited right there. <laughs> I, I believe I've, you. Me and Mother have literally talked about adding one in our house. Like, actually. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Have you? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> our house isn't big enough for that to really matter. This is, this is a weird energy. I'm, I, I'm gonna just move on. You can ask mother. I believe you. I just. She shares my love. I. Did she share her love of secret entrances? Yeah, we talked together about ways to do this and we both agreed it wouldn't work, but she still talks about it sometimes to me. Okay, wow. It's <laughs> a whole learning experience. This is why we need to do a podcast to learn about each other. That's right. I'm glad. I'm glad. I was glad we watched Zeno together, but now I'm also glad that this happened. Uh, Raven's also done like a bunch of other things. She's uh, done guest appearances on shows like Empire and Blackish. She's been in a bunch of other movies, uh, like the Doctor Who little movies. She's Princess- in Princess Diaries too. Okay, a classic. <laughs> I that sounded mocking, but I mean, I guess that it is Princess Diaries too a classic. It's not classic the same way the first one is. Yeah, the first he one is legit classic. People seem to remember because Chris Pine was hot in it. So Chris Pine was in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she's also, uh, very famously, uh, been uh, one of the panels on The View for many years, and she's even also appeared on Broadway. And she can also sing, so she's done many Disney soundtracks, and she's also released apparently three studio albums, which, like, when is that Raven hit single going to pop off? I mean, I know she's done, like, she's had, like, things related to the yeah. movie she's in, but... Would you say she's truly a versatile performer? <laughs> I, I I do see that as uh no. <laughs> that's true though she is actually legitimately like I mean the view is very different than acting which is very different than singing when she's been successful at all of them yeah Margie is played by an actress called Lauren Maltby she will appear in the Xenon sequels however after Z three she got a PhD in clinical psychology and that seems to be her career now what a legend she has three Xenon movies. The height of cinema. Yes. And it's like, I've now accomplished this, you know, but I like these movies about science, and then goes and... Gets a career. Gets a, goes into science, gets a PhD in clinical psychology, and is just like doing that. What a legend. And then we have Andrew, who is played by Brendan Richard Jefferson. Uh, Brendan was a teen and child actor uh, before and after his appearances in Xenon. Uh, he doesn't appear on the Xenon sequels, which is a shame. A real shame. I genuinely am interested to see what those are going to be like, because, like, I don't know. They seem to involve the plot. Oh. We'll get into it. But it's about Xenon. It's just about the continuing adventures of Xenon. Okay. So, remember, the plot doesn't actually matter, as our podcast Oh, yeah, said. that was what we kind of decided on. Uh, but he appeared on various other uh, TV projects, such as on Disney Channel, Ethan Stevens, and some other things like the Boston Public and the Practice. Um, and he was also in the Shire Bluff movie, Holes. Yes. Which is not a decom, but like is so in the decom oeuvre. It played on Disney Channel. It played on Disney Channel all the time, and like people think of it the way they think of that era of. Child was a Disney star, so yeah. and he was in it. It's like one of those 
there's all these movies that are like not the like another Cinderella story. Yes, another Cinderella story is one of our famous ones. Masterpiece. Um, an absolute cinematic masterpiece. Dread was played by Gregory Smith. What? <laughs> Which I thought was uh, fun. Okay, I, I would have paused here. I always have to think when actors and actresses like, yeah. have the same name as their character, and I'm like, like, did they get lazy? Could they just, could the character, like, could the actor just not remember their character there? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Also, I feel like it'd be more confusing, because, like, if you say something to Xenon, it's different than saying it to Kirsten. Yeah. And you could, but if you're just saying it to Greg. It's like, did they, it feels like the people got lazy, but also maybe his name was always Greg, and the actor's name was always Greg. It was just, like, a weird coincidence. Right, but then just, like, change it to Mark in the script. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyways, prior to Xenon, he was in a great film, Harry the Spy. Yes. Which you are very big into. He was also in the movie The Patriot. He was in the Wrinkle in Time movie. Oh, Yeah. The older one. Not the one with Oprah. <laughs> um. If he was playing David <laughs> the Kid in the recent one, I would have so many questions. That's, I mean, I don't have movies about wrinkles in time, but whoa. Yeah. In recent years, he appeared in the TV shows Ricky Blue, Designated Survivor, and Franklin Bat. He also seemed to start directing for CW shows such as Flash, Supergirl, and Riverdale. Man, you have Riverdale folks? I've seen it. <laughs> okay. I'm not cut up. I've seen The Flash as well. I haven't seen Supergirl. Cortezoa is played by Philip Reese, who's had a wild career. Um, he's been an actor in a variety of projects, uh, such as Spielberg's Tintin movie and Al Pacino's movie Wild Salome. So TV show appearances, including 24 Bones, Doctor Who, and Glee. Mary, you're a big Glee fan. Uh, he played a character named Martin in Glee. Is this a very important character? It's not. You just looked it up, so I don't know where you're lying. Um, he was Mercedes record producer in like season five or whatever. Season four. Season four? Okay. Okay, the I, good stuff. Actually, I like season four. <laughs> I'm like a season four ball. It's one of Santana's best seasons after season three. Okay. Because that's my girl. Anyways, the point is, I thought this was going to be some funny thing. He's going to be some person who will like head to head with Mr. Shoe or whatever. And okay. it was just some asshole. <laughs> a moment most unpleasing to my career. <laughs> He's also moved behind the camera as a director for the short film The Scarecrow, uh, which starred Sandra Oh, and was nominated for an award at the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, he's also done various plays and is in the band Ego Aside. He also is still working. He recently starred in uh, Night Flyers, which is an adaptation of a George R. R. Martin novella um, that only went one season and then got canceled, which people were sad about. But George is very excited about Night Flyers, and I imagine that will get readapted in some way. Um, and then he was in. Pretty Little Liars the Perfectionists in some role. A show I imagine you'll at some point watch because no. you watch trashy television. I do. That got canceled after one season because, like, nobody cared. <laughs> Ouch. I really, when they announced it, it was kind of a tough look. I it was like, really weird. watch this? <laughs> and, like, they took a while to admit they canceled it. Like, it took oh. seven months. Like, the finale aired seven months later after everyone kind of just assumed, like, everyone I followed who, like, knew about it was just, like, knew it was canceled. And they're like, it's canceled. Oh, that's tough stuff. Yeah. But he's still working. He's uh, uh, soon will be seen in a, a role in a CBS, CBS All Access show called Tell Me a Story. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's like, I have also heard of that. I know nothing about it. but like No, I know about it because an actor from the Vampire Diaries is in it. 
And yet, somehow, you're too good for this other trashy television because it's only got canceled after one season. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, The Vampire Dies is good television for three seasons. Okay. <laughs> we're going to get some of this. We're not, getting too, we're not getting this much into my trashy television this early. Yes, we absolutely I'm, are getting all into your uh, television. Let's all say again. Listen, I'm cutting the part where you talked about cutting it. <laughs> listen, I, mean, I haven't seen it for him, but people I follow have. Okay. Also, an actress who I think will later be in DCOM, so we're going to have to mention it again, um, is also in it. She was also in The Original, which is a Vampire Diaries spinoff, and they talked about how they never actually worked together even though they were on the show. I always think that's interesting when actors are on a show together for a long time and they don't get to work together. I mean, they're on different shows. They're just like in the same. Oh, universe. they're in the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it's that's still like kind a of similar weird. thing. Yeah, it's like it's still kind of odd. Sure, because as fans, you view those characters as in kind of the same bucket, and then. But they said filming, they filmed on the same set, so they like have, they like met up, but it's like. Oh right, so they'd be hanging out, but they weren't actually on the same project. Yeah. That is very strange. So it's good they got to work together. Yeah. This is about Xenon. <laughs> what is Xenon? <laughs> and when we're back, we will wrap up. What did you say, We're going to make a lot of jokes. <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, Next week, we're going to be watching Can of Worms, which I've never seen or know anything about. That's a spoiler. You know nothing about Cat Wars. I don't think it's going to be very good. Okay, we'll talk about it. Next week. Yes, so on next week's pod, we'll be talking about Cat Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's just having too much fun on this podcast. <laughs> She's literally just giggling up a storm. It's like I'm giggling purposely to ruin the podcast. Like, my brain is trying to ruin it. And I, and like, me is like, stop. Nothing can ruin this greatness. Literally. Um... <laughs> So, if you have any Xenon thoughts or any can of worm thoughts, if you have big can of worm thoughts, <laughs> I'd love at to me, hear it. At the Depod Podcast on Twitter. And at Depod Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. You can email us any questions or comments. And we want to thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate uh, each and every one of you. Genuinely, like, that's such a, like, a, like, cliche thing, but, like, it's genuinely so cool. No, like, we're legit really excited about this. Yeah, we, we've been having a good time. Excited about you guys. Yes, we're having a fun time doing it. As you can tell by Barry's incessant laughter. And, but we're also very happy that uh, people are out there listening. Yes. So, thank you. So, Xenon was available on Disney Plus, and so is Can of Worms. So, you can listen along, so you can make fun of Mary when she's trying to figure out what goes on in this movie. I was on it for this one like everything I said was right your predictions were limited but very accurate yes so <laughs> quality over quantity so thank you so much for listening I've been your host Matthew and I've been your host Mary we out we out we out we out we out we out, <laughs> <laughs> we out. Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears was a uh, tricopter. As it should be. My loneliness is killing me. Oh, no. I must confess. I still believe. Still believe. Oh, we cannot say <laughs> <laughs>
But that's a great song. It is. I'm... I hope that plays in the movie. There's so much singing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mic check, mic check. Mic check, mic check. Talking at a normal voice. Not supernova girl. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom, boom. boom. supernova girl. Ooh, look at you getting all... Cowboy. What? Roadie Row Cowboy? <laughs> I don't know what is it. <laughs> this is a mess. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>